At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What was the pivotal moment that sparked you to start this podcast? So a little bit later, through some conversations with family members and cousins, I noticed that they needed the information that I had a whole lot more than I needed to be affirmed by this white world, a whole lot more than I needed to help the white world know me. And that's when I I switched. I was like, okay, how can I reach my cousins? And I use my cousins as a a, a proxy for Black folks in general, right, who didn't have either education or the access or opportunity that I had. How could I create something that would allow me to implant or inspire them with information on all these topics that matter, whether it was investment or real estate or medicine or just managing your time or mental illness and all the things that we've talked about here. That's how Wild Black was born. I wanted to create something to inject that into the society that looked like me. 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 Welcome to Wild Black, a seriously opinionated podcast bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while black. If black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-black everything. Welcome to Wild Black. Today's podcast is recorded at DRS Studios. Check them out at drsatl.com. All right. Welcome, welcome to Wild Black. It's your girl, Danielle. And as you can tell by the new voice, today we have something extremely special for you guys. For the last two seasons of the podcast, you guys have learned new topics from the lenses of category experts guided by our kings, Vincent Art. You may remember me from- I just want to say, she's pronouncing the shit out of every word. (laughs) Them words is coming through. I I love it. I love it. (laughs) You may remember me from- I have to get my English up, (laughs) right? (laughs) You guys probably remember me from when we talked about TV and movies, Wild Black. Have I finally watched The Wire? No, of course not. But today it's not about me. Today I'm privileged to flip the script and let you guys learn more about your fearless host. Did you at least watch The Shy or something? No. Damn it. And Thrones is starting, so. Ooh. Yep. Wire 2020. <laughs> games of Thrones, Thrones of Games. Get the shit out of Have you not? Man, there ain't no Negroes on Games of Thrones. I can't listen, 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 listen. Right, no kings. There are no kings. I mean, there might be a king, but ain't no king. Look, that's the show where there are real... Yeah, there's literal kings. Like, literal... So you're saying we're not? Literal kings? No, no, no. (laughs) Literal in the old sense of the word. Mm, Black folks is older. Well, we clearly already started this fireside chat, but we're going to call it a fire chat today. So, let's cover the business. Hopefully, you guys know what we do here, but for our new listeners, While Black does two things. We tell stories from the lens of Black folks in any industry or area who, by choice or force, have acted in a nuanced way. That can be code switching at work or when we get pulled over by the police. 
We tell stories of the struggle and the success for us, from us, and by us that should inspire us to go and grow. And before we already extra kick things off, we need a few things from you guys. One, share this podcast. Send it to anyone you think may benefit or enjoy the content. Two, hit us on iTunes and give us a five-star review. And three, talk to us. All of our pages are listed in the episode description. It feels so different sitting on it this does. side. I'm ready. It does. I'm ready. So typically, this is the part of the show where we introduce our amazing guests, but you guys already know of them. So we're going to switch things up. We're going to do a little speed dating. I don't want you guys thinking too hard just yet. We're going to play this or that. So art first, texting or talking? It depends on who. Nope. You got to pick. Well, that's what I'm telling you. It depends on who it is. I need so you to pick one. Just randomly. Mm, I would prefer to talk. Ooh, you fancy. I'm texting all day long. I don't want to get on this I'm phone if you. I ain't got you. I don't want to hear your voice. <laughs> I don't want you to hear my voice. I want to be able to ignore you as I want to be able to ignore you. Respond when I'm ready. I'm text all day. I will text my kids from the next room. <laughs> text. My dog had text messaging. She would be getting texts <laughs> too. All right, Vince. Invincibility or super strength? Invincibility. Okay. I mean, super strength is cool and all that, but... Like I, I want, I want to have a very healthy defense, so I can focus everything I do on my offense. So if I can, if I can't be touched, if you can't stop me, then I can focus all on my offense. As opposed to just being super strong, but I get shot. I mean, a bullet can come from anywhere. If I get shot, I'm super strong. I'm just a dead strong king. Unless you're Luke Cage. Yeah, unless you. Super, so you didn't give me like, both. You super said super, no. Luke Cage had super strength and yeah. he was bulletproof. But you you came down on art so hard about no nope, gotta pick one gotta pick one so I picked <laughs> one all right I'm I'm gonna look to art invincibility or super strength I'm absolutely strength. all the way hundred percent super strength okay just because can we tag team when super strength we, bro we already that's what, that's what I'm saying brother <laughs> so yeah super strength I'm knocking walls down buildings bullets can't phase me because I'm just too strong okay yeah I mean what what could there is no defense okay all cake. offense cake or pie both nope. Pie. There, there's no safe. Hey, look, he didn't say pie. both. He said B O F. It's both, both of them. <laughs> right. Both. Okay. I pie. won't make. I won't even. Pie. Okay. Cake. cake or pie? German chocolate cake, to be specific. That was very, Sweet very potato specific. Pie. Right. Sweet potato pie. German chocolate. Goddamn right. Y'all fans. Black folks are originally from Germany. Um, Netflix or Hulu? We just gonna skip over that. <laughs> we just gonna skip over that part right Listeners, there. Vince knew it great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go Vince here first. Netflix or Hulu? Oh, Netflix. I'm, I'm Netflix. I, I think their original content is amazing. Hulu, not that they, I'm saying they, they do good, but Netflix. That's, I'm Netflix all day. I'm going to take knowledge. That's too easy. Netflix all the way. Okay. okay. They season. But right now, day. Amazon Prime has um, a different world, which you can watch all six episodes. Uh, that's how I watched it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was very good. All right. And my last one, suit mm-hmm. or sweats? Oh, suit. Suit. Ooh. Suit. Yeah. That's what I love, I love about suits. men while black. Yeah, yeah. Suits. Yeah. <laughs> we grown men yeah, over we, here. Yeah, it, it, sweats don't work. All right. So we're going to switch things up a little bit and go to our wild black shit. And before we go to our signature question, I have a few more. If you could go to one artist concert who's dead or alive, you can only pick one, who would it be? Big L. Big L. Lufa. No, he's mm-hmm. talking about the rapper in New the York, rapper. Big L. Yeah. Oh. I have no idea who that I is. I'm not even going to pretend. Big L. Mm-hmm. Yep, I would have. That's where I would go. Is he alive? 
No. no. <laughs> I told you I didn't know who he is. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, these young kids he, don't know he, who these he, people he, are. He died young. Okay. Mm-hmm. I forgot too, about that. Too early. Yeah. Too early. Okay. I'm going to assume that's a good choice, but I have no frame of reference. I'm going to hook you up. All right. For me, it would probably be, um, I mean, I don't want to get a classic Michael Jackson, right? That's what I, but, he, I, but I am going to get a classic Michael Jackson because I never got to a concert. Okay. I've never been to a Michael Jackson concert, but I know like every song. And, you know, I know there's some, some stuff going on around him right now, but it's my answer to my question on my show. Michael Jackson. You know what? I got another one, though, too. I mean, timeliness. I got a lot. Prodigy of Mob Deep. Oh. But you're going to pick Big L over all of them? It, uh, it's, it's difficult. Maybe Prodigy would open for him? <laughs> I'll get to pick the whole no. concert? Oh. No. So you're going to this, Big this Pun, This is not huh? a music festival. I would go Big Pun, too. I would go Big Pun, too. Big Pun had some great... I mean... Yeah. Okay. Actually, real talk, like, staying in the rap world, I'd probably do Tupac now. Just because the message he was kicking way back then yes, it is so applicable right now. right now. I would build out a whole lineup, and I would end it with Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. Okay. That's how I would do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I would put a lot of folks that we cannot go to a concert today, too, yep. because they're, they're unfortunately right. gone. But yeah. It's going to be called Gone Cella. <laughs> it'll be sold out. We're, we're gonna work on that name, but in the meantime, next question. <laughs> look, it'll be look all holograms though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It'd be a yeah. holographic. Yeah, that'd be dope. Who is the person that shaped your perception of black culture the most? My father. Without question, my father was well before his time. He was significantly woke, um, significantly educated. My father broke. Records from a professional standpoint, he was the first black engineer to do this and to do that. He was the highest ranking in his nuclear facility, and he pushed the hell out of me. So it'd be it's pops all day long. Dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny. So I, I go from um, grandfathers on both my mom and my dad's side. I had a grandfather who was an amazing boxer um, in Chicago. Um, grandfather in Oklahoma. Um, who was just an amazing man who who amassed a little bit of of of, of coins to understand the importance of working and and being able to do for yourself and entrepreneurship. Um, my dad, uh, it just the amount of love and, and attention and focus he placed in my life. Mom, I mean, family is probably my f- probably first dimension, and I would say I got a host of mentors that are around me to help me kind of shape mm-hmm. what being black used to be and what it should be and mm-hmm. then what it could be. So the future sense of what I think a black man or black woman should be is, is like kings and queens, really, in the sense of our ability to be self-sustaining, understanding who we are, understanding who others are, understanding history. Um, so I say family first and then mentors. Okay. I mean, it's interesting that you guys both talked about those males in your life that were kind of pivotal. Mm-hmm. Any females that shaped that black perception? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think when you ask the question, I, I immediately think about who I always aspire to be. And as a black man, it's hard to want to be a black woman. So I, I gravitate towards my father and that, right? But then the, the other side is, while my father was working shift work until he moved his way up into executive levels over time, while I, while I watched that happen, it was my mom who kept me straight and narrow, who stayed on me about grades, who talked to me about the importance of 
hard. My father showed me hard work. My mother reminded me that I had to bring home hard work, right? Okay. I got a chance to see what it was like to um, be loved by a black woman, of course, from my mom. So yep. if it has to be a woman, it's got to be my mom. I mean, there are other people who inspire me, but no one close to what my mom has done for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, black men, moms, dads, like my mom is is pivotal. Like education was like a cornerstone of what it took to be an African-American male and what success looked like was rooted in educating yourself around everything. So I remember, man, in my room when I was a shorty, um, and this is, man, this is probably first, second grade. I'm, I'm learning all the state capitals. I had this huge map in my room, <laughs> and I could color it and put little things on it, and, and she would come in and quiz me on, like, state capitals. Like, as a kid, like, they wouldn't even, I mean, some kids were thinking about at the time. I'm in the hood with a damn map of the United <laughs> States up. You think today you name all you know all the state capitals? You stick with you? No, I got Google for that. Now. <laughs> Touché. Touché. Yeah. All right, the signature question. Let's go, Vince first. What do you love most about life while black? <laughs> you guys always get to, it, it you guys always get to ask the question. Us, right? Yeah, yeah. And we got all the answers too. <laughs> <laughs> right. The difficulty for me is trying to come up with an answer that doesn't sound like. All the other answers. But I'm not going to be able to do it. So I think that what I love most about being black, about life while black, is the fact that our history proves out that oppression leads to innovation, right? So our entire history, we have been, like literally our entire history, especially in this country, we've been held in the position that oppresses us, that keeps us from reaching our full potential in any area, right? Whether it is from an intellectual area or a wealth building area or a professional area. And each time that that happens, we as people innovate. So when you go back to enslaved times when we were given scraps, of course, we turn those scraps into like real meals that people celebrate now. Um, to now, what I see happening now is as the sentiment of wokeness permeates through our society, through black culture, you, you start to see the society, the white society or the system of oppression begin to react, shift laws, and put pressure on us. And I see us innovating again with things like, and, and, and not to toot my own horn, but things like this podcast that find a way to still get our voices out and to teach people who look like us what's next. And we're, we're doing that collectively, like in our music, in our own television series and movies, in our books, in our conversations with people. The fact that Nipsey Hussle, who was just murdered, has turned into like some level of icon status post his death, which is unfortunate, but his message has been so absorbed and so heard that it's breaking new barriers that he couldn't do while he was alive. And I wish he was here to see it. And I wish we could find a way to reach those other people who have a similar message and elevate them before they are underground. But it's, it really boils down to our ability to innovate and to transform in order to overcome what the situation that we're in. So I'm anxious to see where we are as a people in five or 10 more years because the effects of this wokeness that we're dealing with now won't be seen today, but they will be seen tomorrow. And I'm anxious to see what that looks like. So that whole skill set is what I love most about Life While Black. I get excited about the thought process of that question. Without struggle, there's no progress, right? People, if you, if you internalize that, the people who have been oppressed the most is brown people, black people, people who look like us. And what gets me so excited about being black and why I love being black is because 
I think the time that we're in now is an acceleration of progress. So we've been resilient for so long, um, just coming from where we've come from to where we are today. There is a, a, a high level of, I would say, just intrinsic value that we've, we're starting to understand that we can unlock. Economics, entertainment, mm-hmm. like social status, like the things around that, that like previously, like you, you were taught, hey, you shouldn't be educated. We, we would, black people shouldn't be educated. You would get killed to be educated, right. right? We got amazing educators. We got folks who are starting to understand their history. Um, the resilience is there. Like that's an inept, like skill that we have as people. We can endure and overcome anything. Now, we're looking at what progress looks like since we know we can actually overcome it. So me as an African-American man, I love being black because we're resilient and we're extremely progressive now. And just like Vince said about 10 years, I'm excited to see five years, like where we are from. And because it's not been, a, it's not, it's, it's not been like this amazingly long amount of time that nah, we've been extremely oppressed to where we are today. Yep. We're figuring shit out really, really quickly as, go as a people, right? And I, I love that because I'm figuring things out. You're figuring things out. Like, you can look at everybody who's black in your life, and it's and no matter how small it is, there's things that are being figured out at a faster rate than I would think any other race, in my personal opinion. So I get excited about that. I agree. I, th- I think this is the first time historically that we've had what I think are like the three things needed to really change. Like, we have access to the systems now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Granted, there's still people pushing against that. We've got the information, right, that goes along with that access. So once we get in the door, we know what to do. But really, for the first time, I think that the more recent generations have access to capital that we haven't had in a long time. Because our, even our parents, while they some of them got that education, it wasn't a holistic thing. And they definitely didn't have this type of, of high-paying jobs that we have now. Comparatively speaking, right? So I think this is the first time we've got access, we've got information, and we've got the capital needed to pull all that together. And that generates opportunity. Absolutely. Always. And opportunity. It's, all, it's just all you need. It's all we need. Yep. And the more of them we get, the more we dominate. So five years, you can see a stronger domination of black people. And I love it. In America. Yeah. We're going to paint that. the White House black. I can see, Again? I can see that. Literally this time. <laughs> All right, I want to hit you guys with the dope quote. The best thing you can do for a person is to inspire them. That's the best currency you can offer. So when a person can rely on you for that, that empowers them in every realm of their life, being inspired. It empowers them in their relationships, in their business, in their art, in their creativity. It empowers them because without inspiration, you're dry. And that came from the late Nipsey Hussle. Mm. Mm. Gone too soon. May he rest in power. True story. Yeah. I love that because even before Nipsey said it, I felt like inspiration has always has to be like the catalyst, right? Mm-hmm. You you can't, you can dream, but if you're not inspired, there's no action, right? Absolutely. So I, I think the combination of one being able to dream further than where you are, further than you can see, combined with the inspiration to get up and act and move is what really creates the ability to change the system, right? Or to uplift who we are. So 
Like, I don't remember every word that you said, and I realize now, seeing on this side, how fucking hard it is that to is sometimes. All that shit, yeah. Right? So, them shit is about to get a lot fucking shorter. <laughs> but, um, we just read them a couple more times. Right. <laughs> but the just being the importance of inspiration is one I completely and wholeheartedly agree with. And I think that we need to find a way to create more of it. Yep. Because what inspires me won't inspire you necessarily, or you, or you. Like, there needs to be enough people with unique backgrounds and experiences inspiring people who relate to them so that ultimately we all are inspired and, and then lean into that strength that we have to create and change what's next. Because we all have these roles to play in this. Like, I, I like to use the analogy of this being an army, right? Everyone has a role to play in this army and a skill that's going to be used to get us from where we are to where we need to be. Yep. And inspiration is the key to make all that happen. Yep. So that's the perfect segue to my first question here. What was the pivotal moment that sparked you to start this podcast? So I'm going to give the short version. But for me, it was um, several years back when I was at work. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Mike Brown had recently been murdered. Ferguson was all over the news every day, all day. And I was standing at work and there were three white women behind me. And I knew them. Or I, knew, I knew two of them well. And they were looking at the TV. And if you were to glance at the TV during this time, it looked like a riot. And that's all that it looked like because that's the way it was portrayed. You saw black people not necessarily marching. You saw bottles being thrown and police and gear and, and, and riot, riot, what's riot dressed? What the riot hell gear. is it called? Yeah, riot, riot gear. gear. What the hell they call it, right? And they showed that conflict. And the women were looking at the screen and one of them asked what was going on. Another one alluded to the fact that, these, that she thought someone had just won a championship. And they made a comment about it being violent. And it bothered me because I recognized that they had no idea what was happening in our country at the time. It reminded me that although we share the same air and space and time or whatnot, we sit in the same area, we walk the same floors, that I lived in their world, but they didn't necessarily live in mine. And it was a frustrating point for me because at this point, I still remember thinking that I'm one of you and I'm still black. And I was very quickly reminded that, yeah, I probably am close to being one of them to a degree, but they were nowhere close to being me. They didn't live in my world at all. They had no clue what was going on. And I kind of felt guilty because at the time, I didn't know what was going on in, say, Nairobi, right? I didn't know what was happening in the west side of Japan or in Taiwan or whatnot. But that's not my country, is how I felt. But I'm living and standing and breathing right here in the same country as you, and you don't know what's going on in in this world that's all-encompassing to me. And it frustrated me. Um, But I quickly got over that, and I I decided that I had a, a responsibility to begin to educate all these white people around me as to who I was and who black people were and why they needed to be sensitive to what was happening in our world, why they needed to get closer. Um, and I did that for a little while and I made some progress, but I didn't feel like it was the right kind of progress. So a little bit later, through some conversations with family members and cousins, I noticed that they needed the information that I had a whole lot more than I needed to be affirmed by this white world, a whole lot more than I needed to help the white world know me. And that's when I I switched. I was like, okay, how can I reach my cousins? And I use my cousins as a a, a proxy for black folks in general, right, who didn't have either education or the access or opportunity that I had. How could I create something that would allow me to implant or inspire them with information on all these topics that matter, whether it was investment or real estate or medicine or mm-hmm. just managing your time or mental illness and all the things that we've talked about here and like wrapping it up, that's how Wild Black was born. I wanted to create something 
to inject that into the society that looked like me. Love and it. then I called that, art and we made it happen. I love it. Yeah, just like that. I'm kind of going back to that initial question around, or not question, but more of a statement around inspiration. Um, I have a few mentors in my life who are present and then some who've passed away. Um, and then some who, who've kind of transitioned into different roles where they don't play much of a mentoring role for me or within my space currently. But the one thing I would say is black men should inspire younger black men more. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important to kind of figure out what your avenue and what your channel is to do that as a black man. Um, my mentors did it in a way that was very direct to like face-to-face, work-to-work. Hey, I'm going to teach you how to do this. Um, and in this digital world, uh, we got to figure out a way to do that where it can touch more lives faster. So when I got the call for the podcast and like, and we talked about the concept and, and I was like, man, this is an amazing avenue to reach a lot of people who look like us, particularly men who look like you and I and the women that we should be holding high. This would be a great way to do it, a great vehicle. I know you was a rapper, back. brother. I was all right. Oh, yeah, man. I, I, you know, I spit a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like you and I and the women we should be holding high. Okay, I see what, you, I see oh, what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes just come together, you know, and write some of it like Jay-Z. But no. <laughs> but that's, that's I think, some of the inspiration behind it. And it, it truly comes from a place where um, it's probably less about art events and more about the, our listeners. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, and I think it gives access to people in places that don't have this kind of mm -hmm. access. Like mm -hmm. where I was raised, there were probably three or four black families in the entire town. Mm -hmm. So this was not an avenue where I could learn about culture outside of the four walls that I was raised. So mm -hmm. yeah. I, I think that alone is super powerful. So we are a third of the way through 2019 and we've already canceled a few folks. But in your <laughs> eyes... Has anybody been uncanceled yet? Uncanceled. Uncanceled. Yeah. Are we reinviting them to the barbecue? Ooh. So that's tough for me to answer, okay. right? Because first we got to think about who we canceled. Well, my, my <laughs> thing is, I don't even believe in canceling. Ooh. Okay. With the exception given to like extremism, like R. Kelly, we, okay. we can cancel him. Yeah, but I'm I'm not real big on on just canceling people because I think about I think if we had that attitude to that we have today about canceling twenty years ago, thirty years ago, fifty years ago, yeah. who the hell would we be looking up to right now? Because the problem is, once you reach a certain level and status, your life is exposed. Yep, everybody's got skeletons. Everybody's got something, right? Yep. And so what what you see happen is we are so quick to judge and cancel someone today. Because of something that they do that we don't like. And the two, the two things that go there, we've done things ourselves that we should probably be canceled for if we're going to cancel. But the reality is if you cancel someone for something they did in one point of time that they can get past or get over, then you miss on all the future contributions that they can provide, right? Martin Luther King, I think, is a great example because years after his death, all the stuff that came out about his infidelity. Yep. If Martin Luther King were doing what he was doing then now, they would have canceled him. Correct. And then who would we have? Yep. Right? Malcolm X, it's the same thing, right? You look at anyone out there. The reason, the reason we feel like so many people in leadership positions get canceled, because now if you look at the presidential race, they're talking about canceling our, our black pol politicians who are trying to be president, right? right? 
because everyone's got to fuck up someplace in there. And if, <laughs> I, just, I just feel like if we cancel everyone, if we don't give second chances and third chances, yeah. who the fuck is going to be there to help lead what's coming up next? Yeah. Because I've had, you know, how many, I don't know how many chances, but there wasn't a camera on me for all the shit I did wrong. Yep. So I can't, I can't talk about uncanceling because I don't think we should be canceling. Kanye's a great example. That's I, I don't came think to we should, me. I don't think we should cancel. I don't think we should have ever canceled Kanye. I think we should have sat him down and kept <laughs> talking to him, got him some help, and kept him moving. Right? Who knows where he, what he could be doing now? I just, I don't believe in canceling in general. That's a good answer. Hmm. My man, I like, that. I like, <laughs> I like the fact of except R. Kelly canceling the, the unbelief. Of, Check. I, I don't think so. So. I'm going to put it in two lanes. One lane is, no matter what, the world is, has always been negatively against, and, and this is my personal view, um, from a societal standpoint, African-American people. Mm. We've been oppressed for so long. So it's very difficult for us to say we should cancel one of our brothers or sisters. No, no matter what the, the offense is or was, in the sense of, just basic humanity, yeah. like basic errors in judgment or basic errors in, in their character. Um, so, yeah, I, I find it hard to cancel, but I find it easy to revoke your membership to the barbecue. <laughs> True. Right? Some True. people... Just I ain't fucking with you right now. Correct. Just because you're black and, hey, you, you may have a, a following and, and you seem cool to some people, but some people you don't seem cool to because you do stupid shit like Kanye. Yep. Yeah, you, you're not invited to the barbecue, but do we need to sit down and have a conversation and say, hey, how do you get your How do we put you on back? a pick? We put you on a performance improvement plan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. To get you black, get you back to the barbecue so are, because are we, we love your beats. We want to bring you black cards. again. Have we un- no. unrevoked Kanye's no. card? Oh, no. No, I have not. No. There's no, <laughs> there's no possible. Yeah, I didn't cancel, but he, he, he ain't invited. Just yet. because he had church doing a little, the little yeah, musicals now? No, nah, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't going to do it. He, he has, he has done, some, some, and this is what I would say about the people who we may consider quote unquote canceling, which I don't believe in, but the revoking of their card, it takes a lot to get that card back. Yes. Like when you do damage to the culture, you have to, from a value standpoint, you should be able to contribute more to the culture than you took out of the culture when you made your mistake. Mm-hmm. For Kanye, it's not welcome black again. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Not yet, in okay. my opinion. All right. Kanye 2020 with The Wire, maybe. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> Kanye, you know what he need to do? Are there hot topics over family dinner right now that you can't talk about in real life? Or your, your real, real life? Ooh. So are there hot topics? That we're talking about at home, that we're talking about with the family, that we're not going to really talk about when we go out into America. Oh, shit, yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, shit, what yeah. are those hot topics right now? I be telling them. <laughs> <laughs> any, any else? Anything else? Where, where should we start? We can, start, we can go from politics to entertainment. That's politics. To, first thing that popped in my yeah. head. Like, well, easily. Because my second question is, as a female, are there conversations that happen in the barbershop that A, don't happen at home, or B, that also are, that we, we're, we're talking differently about? I don't know if you guys are going to break guy code here. I'm like, I'm kind of asking you to break guy I code. I mean, ab- yeah, absolutely. They're conversations. I mean, but <laughs> any... So code <laughs> switching by definition is Correct. when you change your behavior yep. for this reason, right? Yep. So we don't just right, code people. switch between black and white. We code switch between male and female. We, we mm-hmm. code switch everywhere. So 
Absolutely. When I'm in the barbershop, there are things that are said or discussed that I wouldn't talk about at home because my wife would punch me in the fucking head. Okay, right. that's fair. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> right. And she don't want to hear that shit. Right. Yeah. All right. If you guys could choose one vacation destination, where would it be? This, oh. is, a, this is a multi-part question. Oh, this is so easy. For me. Go ahead then. So Jamaica is, is my first one and then okay. Africa is my second one because I want to be around people who look like me. Okay. Love it. And, and those are just my two spots. Okay. Listen, mine is East. I want to do an East African safari. Okay. And then spend some time in one of the major cities. And I want to just go relax in Bali. Knowing the life that we live in today or in America, would you ever consider living in those countries or leaving America? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You, absolutely. Did I think about it today is the better question. <laughs> <laughs> Going somewhere, forgetting your passport? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then I learned, like, if you denounce your citizenship in America, they send you a bill for it's some crazy number that you have to pay. You know, I heard something crazy like that. Like, yeah. it's, it's almost like, hey, we're going to tax you to not be a citizen of mm-hmm. America. And that, and, and when I think about that, that is so capitalistic. Yeah, that exactly. is so that is American. So American. That's yeah. Since you won't so be here to give American. us this money, we're going to get at you now. Right. And then don't try to come back. Because we're going to have a whole different set of processes. I guess the basis of You can my be question, arrested when you come back if you haven't paid that. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's real talk. So the basis of my question is that we assume that we go through these hardships here in America because we're black. But are there, and I kind of know the answer to this, when we go internationally and look at other cultures while black, are there situations worse or better than what we have here? So we talked about opportunity and things like all I need is education. All I need is one chance Mm -hmm. and I can get it. But what if you go to Bali? What if you go to East Africa? What if you go to Jamaica? Is there an opportunity for you to elevate your status, your life, whatever there? I think think the challenges may be different, right? But the resilience in what I talked about earlier, um, you have a a set of, of, of skills and resilience in making it that I think you could probably in most instances, make it anywhere. I think before you make a move internationally or you consider making a move internationally, I would highly suggest that your financial situation be quite secure. Right. Meghan Markle level? Mm. That's, that's, up, that's up there. That's, 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 <laughs> that's quite that's high. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's past security the bag. That's, <laughs> you know, the whole truck. I think for me, that question turns into reevaluating my expectations. A good answer. Because I, I truly believe that what we deal with here in the United States is not unique to the United States, right? There's there's racism everywhere, as long as there's a difference in people. Yep. And it doesn't matter what that difference is, whether it's color or creed or nationality or sex or race or height or weight or number of big toes that you may have. Right? Yeah. There's going to be some type of discrimination and some type of oppression because it's been there historically. And so classism. Right, yes. absolutely. So leaving this country, it doesn't change that for me. But what I think it does change is the environment in which I am dealing with those issues. Yep. So I, I think resetting your expectations is the most important thing because if you walk into a new situation expecting it to be roses, then you're going to be sorely, sorely disappointed, right? Yes. The, the reality is you're going to have some of the very same issues that you have in this country, plus some ones that you weren't prepared for. Yes. And I so think it's that's, just about what do you want to deal with. That's the thing. We complain or challenge a lot of things that happen in our race a lot in this country, but there's also a lot of benefits and opportunities um, that people 
elsewhere in the world are dying to come here for Bless and you. be able to experience. Mm-hmm. So, like the short of it is, I love this country. I mean, because if if I didn't love the country, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing to, through, for, and with black people in this country. Absolutely. Because I'm, I'm not advocating for us to leave. I'm advocating for us to be better prepared to fight for what's right here. Absolutely. Because, like, this is where I was born. This is my country. And I need everyone who looks like me to understand that no matter what someone tells you, this is your country. You have every right to be here, every right to be successful, every right to live, every right to, to live your life as an American in America. And we should be proud doing that. But, I'm still not standing for the national anthem because fuck the national anthem. But I love the country. Yep. Is, are we watching football yet? Nah, I ain't fuck about football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got time till season season starts. I'm questionable. Wanted. Okay, that's fair. All right. And for the record, I ain't fucking with Waffle House yet. <laughs> I ate some Waffle House this morning. So <laughs> you have... You, you, and it you was delicious. Revoked, you have revoked... The black card. Scattered, covered, chunked, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's delicious. But I can't lie. Being real, I have driven by Waffle House because it's been a couple of years since I've had them now. I drive by them, my goddamn mouth be watering sometimes. <laughs> I mean, they're every five feet, so it's your a mouth struggle, must just be. Right? It's, it's good, too. And then and then they open them at the Atlanta Braves Stadium. God damn it, Waffle House is everywhere. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers in the, the scattered, covered, chunk be so goddamn good. Yes. All right. It's a struggle. You guys have the opportunity to live in somebody else's body, shoes, soul for a week. They can be alive. They can be dead. Who would it be? First of all, that's disgusting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, brother, you, you, you got that one, man. It'll have to be my own. Like, really? I, yeah. You're I nobody I else. Like, I wonder what their life is like. No. Wow. Fuck no. I, because I know how difficult and amazingly awesome mine is. Yeah. I don't really... I don't even want to see how difficult somebody else is. Mm. Like, I don't even want to experience that. Or how amazingly awesome it is. This then is you come back to your opinion. shit and be like, this, Man, this is some bullshit. Or, oh my God. I was waiting for when you guys to say Obama. Well, this, this no. is my thought. So, when I make the switch, do I have complete control and autonomy of what happens while I'm that yeah. person? And a decision maker? Yeah, Can't you're you? in their body. Okay, like, so you I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a Jay-Z or an Obama for a week. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that as Jay-Z, I find... Vince, I'm going to load him up with dollars. I'm going to give him access to all type of shit. And then I'm going to come back to me and elevate my life and then elevate the life of everybody around me. All right. Have you changed your answer? You still want to be you for a week? If you do, I'll hit you with Okay, look, check it out. Check it out. If if I got true authoritative decision-making hey, ability, right? <laughs> yeah. I would be, I would, I would go it's back. time to check up on I would it. go back in time, though. I would go back okay, in time. I said they, they don't have to be alive okay. right now. No, no, it would be Obama. Oh, it's you, but so... But I, would I thought you were going to be Jesus or something. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Wait a minute. Oh, Where no, are we no, going? No. Oh, shit. That would be amazing, too. But Jesus, oof. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, that... Everybody would be black. Your chapter of the book would be all messed up. Oh, I'm saying, crazy. If, if I had been Jesus, no, we it, probably would not have been forgiven. Just going to put it out. Okay. Oh, so we wouldn't even be here. No. Nah. <laughs> Nah. The, as soon as I saw that That's cross, fair. I'd be like, "That's fair. We good? Yeah, just blow this whole motherfucker up. Yeah, we yeah. good. Nah, I would. I would. God, I would. you want me? No, Jesus, I ain't gonna. Okay, so yeah, that that, that chapter of the book would have been a little messed up. I don't up. know. I don't know. I, not, I'm sticking with me. Sticking In present me. time, you gonna go back, yeah, change some decisions? Nope. All right, mm-hmm. can't do it. Guilty pleasure. So, Vince, I recall you giving a nod to smoked turkey wings and some sort of broccoli. 
Broccoli salad, that's the shit there. Broccoli salad. Goddamn broccoli salad. Fucking roast, slow roast of turkey wings. Shit. So, I want to know about you guys. What What is the guilty pleasure art? Any oh, guilty pleasure. Man. Shit, I got a lot. So, golf. Okay. Amazing wine and alcohols. Um, cigars. Did you put an S on alcohol? <laughs> alcohols. Oh, that's what I thought Different types. Mm-hmm. Different spirits. Vodka. Scotch. Alcohol is plural and singular. Yeah, I'm you, just checking. I had to throw it out there. <laughs> yeah, I had to make sure people understood. It's not just one. I need food to try everything. Um, And food. I like food. Okay. Like all different types. Okay. Fucking gummy bears. I love gummy bears. Gummy bears do something to me. I can't. I can't say no. <laughs> gummy bears. I can't say no. It's like Juicy J said. He, remember Juicy J said, "I can't say no to ratchet pussy." I can't say no to gummy bears. <laughs> like no type. Don't matter the that's color. A of the that's a correlation right there. <laughs> yeah. You need to give with Juicy J. Maybe it's some some <laughs> ratchet pussy and gummy bears, gummy bears in y'all please. Future. No, I don't want to mix. <laughs> I don't want to mix. I don't know. What, I don't know what that's gonna be like. That's a situation. Mm. I ain't fucking with that. That might be a video. <laughs> <laughs> Two chains. <laughs> Gummy bears is it for me Okay I have my final And question. a ham hock every now I, I try not to But if you fuck around Put a ham hock Cook right in front of me It's gonna, it's gonna go down That's salty You can mm-hmm. throw these alcohols To wash it down <laughs> Alcohols <laughs> Right Alcohols <laughs> This is probably gonna be A hard one What is the best piece of advice You've ever received I Swear to God I thought you was going Someplace else When you be quiet <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like My mom went, my my went right there I was gonna say why he you had to cut that piece? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I forgot. What was the question? It's family friendly. It's what hard being best, on this side. Yeah. What is the best it piece is. of advice you've ever received? I'm sure you guys have received mm. tons of advice. Art has lots of mentors. I mean, best piece of advice. Um, for me, it came from my father, of course. Um, the best piece of advice that my dad ever gave me was really, really simple. And he he told me, I won't say it exactly right, but the spirit. He's like, you don't have to stop doing anything you want to do until you decide it's time to stop. And and like that, that has has stayed with me for a very, very long time. Probably sometime when it shouldn't. Hmm. But for the most part, it, what, what, it, what he told to me was, like, I, I can do anything. I can be anything. And I won't go into the details, but it's kind of what's allowed me to do the things that I've done to this day. Like if there's something that I wake up tomorrow and I decide I want to do it, I just go do it. Yeah. Like, there's a way to figure out how to do it. I have this attitude that if any anyone around me that I even see, know, here has done something that I want to do, why why can't I do it? If you did it, I can do it. And if I can think about it, if I can dream it, I figure there's a way for me to go do it. So it's caused me to, to do some things that would surprise people, right? Yeah. To go into some areas, to do some things from a company standpoint, from a professional standpoint, and from a personal standpoint that just don't make sense. But it's my prerogative, right? I I can do it, and I do do it. Now, mine would, I mean, best piece of advice is is more of a theme of advice. And it's, you could do anything that you set your mind to do if you apply yourself and put the same amount of energy that you spoke the words into and actually doing it. So not just saying, hey, I want to go do something, but actually doing it, taking the steps to do it. You may not get everything perfectly right in a line and everything goes according to plan, but if you set your mind to it, put focus to it, put your energy to it, you can actually do it and you can be successful with it. No matter if success looks like, I learned this amount of shit and I got this far with this thing. It it does not matter. Yeah. 
Um, and it's inspirational. I always say my mentors, my dad, um, my grandfather, everyone has an inspirational element that they've given me that revolves around the theme of getting out there and just doing the things that you really want to do. Um, and figuring out the things that you really want to do. Don't don't just not do anything or just... If you're stuck in a position and you you don't move, then you need to think about why you got stuck in that position and why you are not moving. Yeah. So, like, I remember I used to go and, and tell my dad and my mentors, like, hey, I'm running into this. Like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to run into that. What you going to do to get out of it? Right. What's, what, what's next? Like, what is the plan to get to, to where you're, you're trying to get to? Yeah. It's on you. So... The best piece of advice is, is kind of trusting in you, knowing that you can actually accomplish the things that you want to accomplish and focusing on the things that's important to you. Yeah. Like, that's the key. That's the key to life. That's the key to what I think is, is what success is, no matter what that thing is. Resilience. Well, I asked all my questions, but normally this is the part where you guys give your guests the time to say whatever they want in closing, anything else you want them to know about or say. Brother, this is your forum. It's all you. Hey, so this goes out to two to, to, to folks, um, or two sets of folks. Uh, one is to all of our guests who've been on Wild Black. I, I really appreciate you even more than, than, than you know now. <laughs> yeah. Because being the on this side tables have of, turned. Yes. Being it's on hard. this side of the table is, is difficult. Uh, it's fun, yeah. it, but it's difficult to kind of answer it in a way that represents you. Yeah. And I appreciate you all for doing that to the listeners. Um, I already said this. We we <laughs> Vince and I don't do this for us. I mean, we we get benefit from it, which is which is great. But we really do it for you. So you say groupie love. <laughs> <laughs> we kid. We kid. Vince getting hungry right anywhere. now. It's like groupie love. <laughs> no, nah, but we gummy we, bears. we love <laughs> right right Rat gummy jokes. gummy bears <laughs> and juicy J. Uh, <laughs> No, nah, but we we love you. Um, continue to listen to us. Keep checking us out. We really do it for you. And um, that's all I got. Cool, man. The only thing I'll say is, like Art said, I appreciate the hell out the listeners. I appreciate our guests. Um, just keep tuning in. Just keep telling us what you need to hear about, what you want to learn about, what's of interest to you. Yeah. And, and know that what I get out of it is, one, I learn a lot on every single episode. Uh, but on top of that, I truly have a passion for making the people, making the people that look like me better. And I'll continue to do it through this platform or another platform or whatever I have at my fingertips until I'm either gone or we have made it to where we're going. It sounds like you're going to cry on that yeah. one. The no, it's the heat. This goddamn cooking <laughs> computer. Man, man. Well, I will close us out and saying as an avid listener and your host for the day, it's been an honor. I Thank think you. that you guys are making a significant impact in our marketplace in our space. Um, and just like you're learning every single time you guys interview folks, something new, I'm learning stuff, new things all the time, especially when I'm driving and listening to you guys. It's like, who knew? Finance, who knew? <laughs> Code switching. Um, so you guys definitely keep it up and you definitely have a very strong fan base out there. Awesome. Thank and you. And thank, thank you, you everyone for listening. Keep on listening. And I hope you guys have learned a little bit more about your regular hosts. What's what's up? Peace. We out.